0: As you'll probably know by now we've spent much of the last year on and off digging into the book of John and today we've reached the final chapter of this amazing gospel. Hasn't it been such an incredible journey? We've journeyed with Jesus through his whole ministry from his baptism through to his many miracles. Uh, we've looked at the incredible conversations he had with those who followed him and finally in these last few weeks We have followed him week by week, all the way to the cross. This has been a particularly poignant time as we've been celebrating Easter, hasn't it? I found this year that that uncomfortable feeling of being in limbo between Good Friday and Easter Sunday was particularly real this year. I could really feel in a new way how Jesus' followers might have felt after Jesus' death, that the whole world had suddenly changed with no obvious way of it recalibrating or realigning anytime soon. Maybe you've been able to resonate with that feeling too of life being thrown into total disarray with no real idea of when or if it might return to whatever normal was before. But then we had Easter Sunday last week, didn't we? And we were reminded by Phil of God's plan. His plan that Jesus died to save us, but was resurrected to send us. Life was turned upside down after Jesus died. Nothing was ever the same again, but in the best possible way. When Jesus came back to life, he began a global movement of peace that still continues today that we are now part of. And it's that global movement of peace that I wanted to talk to us about today. I wanted to tell us, to remind us that God's plan is to make partnership with us, his partnership. Let me pray for us, and then I'm gonna read from John 21. Lord, we love you, and as we come to your word again today, Holy Spirit, would you be with us? Jesus, we open our hearts to you and ask that you would speak to us. Show us who you are and who we are in you. Amen. So I'm going to be reading two moments from John chapter 21 to us today. Um, so let's start. The first one is starting at verse 1. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of a large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he'd taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, but they were not far from shore, about a 100 metres. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. I absolutely love the picture we get here of Jesus appearing again to his friends. It's such an intimate picture of close friendship and reconciliation. Jesus' friends, not knowing what else to do with themselves, had returned to what they know best, which is fishing. A miraculous story, which many of us will have heard before, unfolds. Jesus uh, calls out to them to cast their nets on the other side of the boat. They catch a huge haul of fish when they hadn't been able to catch anything all night. And this is a story that's happened once before. Uh, We can read it in Luke chapter five. And it's right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And it's how Simon Peter, as well as James and John, were first called to follow Jesus. It was at that point when Jesus famously told them they would fish for people and asked them to come and follow him. And now we see it here happening again. And in his excitement at recognising Jesus, Simon Peter, uh, in a strange moment of madness, puts his coat on, but then throws himself into the water just to get to Jesus. And when he gets to the shore, Jesus has a fire ready and says to them, come and have breakfast. Is there a more tender moment in scripture than that invitation from Jesus to his friends? Come and have breakfast. Jesus' partnership, firstly, is one of love. Jesus comes right to where the disciples are, in their place of confusion and pain, and he addresses them as friends. He doesn't rush in with a list of tasks for them to do. He simply invites them to sit and eat breakfast with him. His partnership is one of love. How many times in recent weeks have you questioned how you might possibly be useful for Jesus right now? I know I have. But let's not forget that his partnership with us is one firstly of love. How are you making space in your life simply to sit and have breakfast with the Lord? He loves your company and he's waiting to spend time with you. The next moment that we read in John chapter 21 is a conversation between Simon Peter and Jesus. I'm going to read to us again from verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Jesus' partnership with us is one of purpose. And this is the thing about the Christian faith which is most exciting. So often people have this perception that Christianity is about saying a prayer and then waiting until you die. But here in this scripture, we see Jesus remind Simon Peter three times not only that he's loved, but that he's been given a purpose. Right at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus had given Simon the name Peter, which means rock. And Jesus had said to him on this rock, I will build my church. And yet at the crucial moment, Peter had denied knowing Jesus three times whilst Jesus was being taken to the cross. Peter must have been feeling as if his whole purpose had been ruined because of what he had done out of a place of fear. But in this moment, Jesus reinstates Peter by reminding him of their relationship and then of his purpose. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. You know, a few of us in my small group this week have been discussing that we've been struggling, finding it hard to motivate ourselves to continue with our work in the same way that we've been used to before. It's like we've been given this global perspective all of a sudden, which makes our comparatively insignificant work seem tiny and a bit pointless. I know a lot of us, even in the busyness of it all, are feeling a bit like that. But then this week I was encouraged because I watched a video of my friends Andy and Rachel who are planting a church up in Wrexham in the summer. And Andy said this. We believe that local church, done well, is the hope of the world. We believe that local church, done well, is the hope of the world. It was just such a reminder to me that when we are reminded of our relationship with Jesus, that partnership of love, it's in that place that we find our purpose. God, in his amazing love and grace, sent Jesus to die, be raised again so that we can be saved and sent out in the power of the Holy Spirit to build his kingdom here on earth. Jesus is not feeling demotivated right now. He is building his church as much as ever and the exciting reminder for us today is that he's chosen us to be part of it. I find it so exciting to be part of a church that has this written into who we are in our vision to make disciples transform communities and plant churches. And that doesn't go away just because of a global pandemic. When we remember again that we are in a partnership of love with Jesus, suddenly that global perspective that we have at the moment no longer demotivates us, but rather it spurs us on to remember our purpose, which is to join with him in building his church. And this looks like something different for each one of us. But it's a reminder that we were made for such a time as this. We are Easter Sunday people living in the light of his resurrection purpose for each one of us. I genuinely believe today that the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world, it's God's only plan and he asks us to join with him in this partnership of love and purpose.